Welcome to Growing Your Team, a podcast designed for small business owners seeking to grow their company with the help of employees and contractors. Your time is limited, which means growing and leveraging teams is essential for business success. The Growing Your Team podcast is the place to learn tips and techniques designed to help you know when it's the right time to hire, how to select perfect fit team members, and how to maximize productivity while creating a positive work environment. Drawing from her 10 plus years of leadership and hiring experience, here is your host, Jamie Van Kuyk. Hello, Jamie Van Kuyk here, and welcome back to the Growing Your Team podcast. Today, I have on guest Amber Holly. Amber is a licensed massage and family therapist who works with high performing entrepreneurial couples and individuals, helping them have more fulfilling relationships without sacrificing their businesses. She is the owner of a group therapy practice in Silicon Valley, wife, mother of three kids, avid coffee drinker, and host of The Couple's Fix and the Easily Distracted Entrepreneur, or formerly known as My Biz Bestie, podcast. Amber originally worked in the tech industry, But her love for people led her to pursue a career where meaningful relationships are at the center of everything she does. In this conversation, Amber and I talk about what it means to be a distracted entrepreneur and how you can focus yourself, whether that is by bringing in the right support team to help you, so the people who are not your employees, but friends or consultants or other people to support you so you can succeed inside your business and focus on the right things. And we focus on how you can hire and grow the team that you need so you can be successful when you're a distracted business owner. We also talk about how while it would be nice to be able to bring someone in who can help you manage your team, not all small businesses can afford that right out of the gates. So we share tips on what you can do so you can effectively manage your team, even when you fall into the category of being a distracted entrepreneur. So let's jump into the conversation. Hi, Amber. Thank you so much for joining us on the Growing Your Team podcast. Thanks, Jamie, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, thank you for joining. Can you kick us off with giving us an overview of who you are and your business? Yeah, so um, I'm a licensed therapist by trade, and I actually have uh, three businesses because, you know, <laughs> why focus on one enough? when you can have three? <laughs> um, and But my first business, my the business that like is my bread and butter is a group therapy practice in Silicon Valley. I've had that for 10 years, and I also have a business and podcast. It was formerly called My Biz Bestie, but I have rebranded, as many people have done in the pandemic, and it's called The Easily Distracted Entrepreneur, and I have another one that's Couples Fix. So it's all around helping people, supporting people with the emotional side of business, both of both Couples Fix and The Easily Distracted Entrepreneur. I particularly work with ADHD or ADHD-ish type people, or I help people who are business owners who are wanting support around burnout or, you know, imposter syndrome kind of mindset stuff. So 
it's, it's, it's like the blend. It's the perfect blend. Cause I used to be a dot commer. So I'm like, I get to do business and marketing and my therapy stuff. So it's like this full circle, awesome blend of things. <laughs> Yes. I love that. And I feel like it's one of those things that is so important to focus on because too often for business, it's like, focus on the product, focus on the output, whatever it takes to get it there. And it's like, wait, 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 we're people, there's emotions, <laughs> there's feelings, there's all this stuff that makes us who we are that we cannot overlook. Absolutely. And when you try to, then, you know, my experience is eventually you hit a wall. Like eventually that is not sustainable. I don't think. Unless maybe right. you're Gary Vaynerchuk, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So one of the questions I had for you, so obviously, you know, you mentioned that you run three businesses, but I know you, you talk a lot about like distracted team members. So how does that really, how do you really define that? Is it the person who has a lot going on or like, cause like you said, like you run three businesses, so you have a lot of stuff on your plate or is there a different way that you really define like someone who's the distracted entrepreneur, the distracted business owner? Yeah. So, well, I have ADHD. And so I do speak to a lot of people who are neurodivergent, you know, whether that's ADHD or autism or some other thing that kind of impacts the way, you know, their brains work. So there's obviously when you have somebody who has ADHD, I mean, you've all heard like squirrel, right? <laughs> we, right. We get easily, we get easily distracted, but there are so many people either that don't identify as having ADHD or don't know if they do for sure. And so they kind of fall in that camp. But I will say in the last two years, I think that, and I'm getting people who are coming to me either in my membership or coaching who are like, I don't have ADHD, but I'm like super distracted. So part of it is our society is kind of set up. I mean, with social media and this like, go, go, go and 24 seven and where like all these demands on our time and energy, it's very hard as an entrepreneur to, to stay focused and stay in that zone and not be distracted by things, right? Yeah. So to be distracted doesn't necessarily mean you're being, you have multiple things on your plate. It's that everything is pulling you kind of at the same time. And it's like, what do I focus on now? What do I do? Cause Ooh, that over there, that over there, like everything is trying to get your attention at the same time. And you don't know how to focus on that one thing. Yeah. And often, sometimes my experience is that people have overloaded themselves. They've overcommitted to things because it sounds fun or exciting, especially people like me who are a little, a little impulsive. Right. And we're like, Ooh, that sounds like fun. Let's do that. Um, so definitely that's a piece of it, but I also think it's like a difficulty in prioritizing things. I think most people can identify like, how do I give my all to my business and grow it to what I want it to be, show up for my clients, show up for my employees, but also show up for my family and then maybe my partner and then also myself, like how, and then, and then your extended family and then your friends, like there's so many demands on our time. Right. So I, I right. think that that's always existed. Um, I think right now it feels compounded because a lot of, a lot of the ways that we used to be able to cope or, um, kind of be able to delineate between work and school and, and family and home and all of that. I think a lot of that is gone because people are like, in their homes and all of it is happening in the same place. So yeah, it can be a myriad of things, but definitely I talk a lot about like shiny object syndrome because that's that, you know, like adding to your plate when you already have a full plate 
because it sounds, you know, like, Ooh, this is the thing. <laughs> yeah. So how do you help people distinguish between that shiny object syndrome that they need to ignore because it's not going to help them or the thing that's like, yes, the thing that's getting your attention, you need to focus on that. Like that is where you should go. Like, yes, I know you have all this going on, but that is the next best thing for your business. Yeah. That might be the hardest part for people. Right. And like some people, I mean, I, I have so many wonderful friends who are entrepreneurs and I know a few people who are so good at just being like, Nope, that's not on my list right now. That's not my goal. And they, they're, they're kind of really good about discerning that on their own, or they're naturally, they maybe don't, don't put themselves out there as much, you know, that could be part of it too. But but I think for a lot of people, and especially again, like I'm an ENFP, like we love to have a good time. We love to engage with people, you know, or if you have ADHD, there's a lot of impulsivity that comes with that. And it can be like, well, this sounds amazing. And this is a great opportunity. But really, I, you know, when I work with people, I go back to, okay, but was this the goal or the plan for like this quarter this year? Because we are so good at convincing ourselves of things. Like I can... I can justify anything like, oh my gosh, well, this is, you know, one, it'll be like, oh, this is the only time this is, you can't miss this opportunity. It's now or never once in a lifetime, you know, or it's like, oh, this is an amazing deal. And then the price is going to go up. So I need to commit to this program right now, that kind of thing. Oh, those so wonderful ways- sales tactics. <laughs> yes, I know all the sales tactics and I love them. And I know, and I'll say, I know this is scarcity. I know it, but oh my God, that's such a good deal. So like I said, I fall prey to it, even if I'm completely aware of what's happening because it's, I get so excited about the potential. Um, but I do think, you know, in hindsight, I found that like for years I was trying to like buy my way out of burnout. So I was committing to things because I wasn't addressing actually what was actually going on. Cause that, that was hard and it was exhausting and it wasn't fun. You know, when you're in the thick of, you know, creating your systems or growing your team or, you know, finishing a project. So yeah, there are many ways that we can kind of convince ourselves of things. So I use other people, like I have my biz besties, who give me feedback, who ask me good questions. And, um, you know, I try to think about things and kind of be more deliberate because I really, especially in the last couple of years, I was like, I have to be very cutthroat about what I commit to. And my goal is to commit to less and less because I, I mean, we've, I'm sure people have seen it when you do, when you commit to less, you do less, you actually achieve more, right? That focus helps you. So I do actually have a free, um, uh, like opt-in for shiny object syndrome where it kind of asks some questions so that you can kind of like journal them out and kind of see, is this a shiny object or is this an amazing opportunity? Right. How can people get in touch with that or get a hold of that? Sorry. If they're like, Ooh, I need that. I get shiny object syndrome a lot, or at least I think I do. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, the it's at amberholly.com forward slash G Y T or grow your team. And uh, yeah, it's helpful to have something. I think it's helpful. Anything that slows down the process and helps you kind of think through things or take that step back out of that moment when you're like, oh my gosh, this is the thing that will change my life, you know? And (laughs) again, hey, don't we all want that? Don't we all want that magic pill and, you know, the easy, like, oh, this is the thing that's going to change everything. And 
Um, and sometimes that happens. Sometimes you find those things, but like you're saying a lot of times it's shiny objects. <laughs> right. Yeah. And like some of the things you were saying, it seems like one of the ways to make sure you're making the right decisions in your business, that you're not getting distracted by things and being pulled someplace that's just going to add more work to your plate or fill your time, but not, you know, fill, fill your buckets in the proper way. And like all that stuff is like to get support in a way. So kind of like, obviously this is the growing your team podcast. So bringing the conversation (laughs) back to that, that support. I want to talk more about that. You mentioned some things about your, your biz besties and everything, like having those people in your corner that you can rely on to, to help evaluate decisions, help you make sure like asking those questions, but then there's also people that we can bring into our business that can be those people for us. So I kind of see, you know, I want to talk about teams in two different ways here, but first let's talk about those people you can bring into your business that will help you sort through things and make decisions. And do you help people do that to help them hire those right people for their business that can kind of fill that role of being their decision-making support or making sure that they're not here, there, everywhere (laughs) and the things, business things aren't being done. Yeah. A thousand percent. And I think that's what has really helped me in the last year plus, especially has been uh, like, it's kind of like your consigliere, right? Like having that person that you can always go to who understands the ins and outs of your business and can give you like perspective. So I hired somebody to do operations. Like she, you know, does, I mean, I think there are many titles that people call themselves, but they, you know, whether that's an operations person, whether that's um, an OBM or something like that, having somebody who helps you with the bigger picture, because I think that's a big piece of it, right? Is if you don't have clarity in the vision of where you're trying to go and what you're doing and what are the plans and um, this particular person, um, she helps me figure out like, cause I will say, oh, I want to do this, this month and this, this month and this. And then she like breaks it all down and is like, okay, so here's what it would take to, here are the two weeks of building the promotion. Here's the promotion. Here's the follow-up. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, oh, okay. Cause as ADHDers, we often have like time blindness and a little, you know, everybody has, you know, optimism bias where we think we can get more done in the time that's allotted. That's, that's a human brain bias, right? And so having somebody to talk to on your team who, who is in all of it to be able to kind of give you that perspective, I agree. That to me is like life-changing. Yes. Yeah. I feel like that's very, like very, very important. It's actually something that we've recently discussed on one of the podcast episodes. Um, and it was just really about that. Yeah. There's the, sometimes there's that visionary and sometimes the person who's all over the place, like they're that visionary of the ideas person. But then it's like, when you're the ideas person, you're not always the good implementer. So if you're a visionary, sometimes you need an implementer to balance you out. And if you're an implementer, you're really good at that strategic stuff. Sometimes you need a visionary on your team because you need someone to help you think of those next grand ideas. How do you get to that next level? How do you do this? Cause you're always stuck in the, okay, we got this process. We're going to follow it. We'll go with the status quo. So it's like, you need those two people to balance each other out. And if you can't be both of them, you need to get that support. Yeah. And I don't think, I think there are very few people who are actually great at both of them. Like you could be good, right? Like good right. enough, 
like I'm super, I'm a little, you know, I'm, I'm like giving myself every diagnosis here, like a little OCD, like I'm very meticulous at times. And I, I'm, uh, I love to be super organized and be planning, but the reality is I am more that visionary, but I don't actually have the follow through. So absolutely hiring somebody who's fantastic at that. That's really what has been like the game changer. Right. And sometimes having to admit that. And just recently I had that awareness of, I was like, well, I'm actually not a good manager. Like I always thought I was ever since I was like 16, I've been in like management roles or like leadership roles, but I realized like I'm great at connecting with my team or inspiring my team, but I want them to manage themselves. And so I would feel like irritated. Like, I don't want to have to micromanage you. Like do, do what you're supposed to do, you know? And then it was, it wasn't until just recently where I was like, oh, that's because I'm actually not a good manager. I don't want to have to follow up. Like, I just want to throw out the ideas and I want to go. And I need somebody who, you know, can be my heavy is what I say. <laughs> so like hiring people into those roles of like management or supervising in the case of, um, you know, my therapists or having this person in operations and she does all the follow-up. It has been transformational having somebody who does something that I could do it. I mean, I'm capable. I am not great. I'm terrible at it though. Like, it's so nice. She doesn't feel any of the emotional stress of sending somebody another email like, hey, you know, you said you'd have this by yesterday. You know, I would, I get very like, oh God, why are you making me have to send you this mean email? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so yes, I think understanding who you are and where your strength is and, and especially you know, when I think about even burnout, you could be good at something, but unless you're great at it, like don't try, try to have work your way out of those roles. Like try to only do what you're, you know, as people will say, your zone of genius. Yes. 100%. And for those listening, go back, also listen to episode 92, where the topic with Casey Groomer is specifically on how to have a team without managing a team. So right there, like we talk, we talked about, yeah, like there's people who you need a team to keep running your business, but you're not the best manager and bringing in that in-between person to fill that role. It is, it is so valuable because like you said, you need to focus on your zone of genius. You're not good at everything. And even if you're good at managing a team, eventually you need to kind of get out of the day-to-day with your team and let someone else run, run the game there. Oh, a hundred percent. And you know, I was, I was thinking about the the episode in July where you talked about like taking time off and um, having breaks from your work. And that was the same thing. I had a two week vacation planned in July. And the thing is my, you know, my therapy business, I have, you know, teams in place and people like it, it just runs itself. That doesn't mean there aren't stressful things that popped up because we had that, but for the most part, like there are people to handle things. And then on the other side, like because of uh, in, you know, the easily distracted entrepreneur, I had Melissa, who's my uh, operations person. She was like following up with people who were supposed to be finishing up jobs. And all of this happened while I was gone. And I didn't have to, I wasn't checking email. I wasn't doing anything. And it feels so amazing to come back to like, oh, wow, things got done while I was gone. I mean, yes. Uh, that that feels just amazing, right? And so I think that's, hopefully that's the goal for everyone because 
yeah, if you're, if you're the visionary and often the easily distracted people are <laughs> because you have so many ideas because you, you get excited or you think about these great opportunities that could happen. And, and, and again, we want to follow those, right? Like part of entrepreneurship is risk-taking, but we just have to be a little more thoughtful. But I think when you have that team to implement for you, it's like, and, and kind of check you <laughs> like, Hey, that's not realistic. You know, this is on your plate or, or even the like, Hey, you still need to finish this. It's, it's like, Oh, okay. never mind. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I just want to take a pause and go back to that. For those listening, Amber took two weeks off without having to work this summer. It is possible. I know there's so many of you listening that you're like, I haven't taken a vacation day in forever. If I do, I'm still checking my email because you feel like you still need to be involved hands-on with everything. When you build the right team and you have the right support, you can take that break away from your business, which is needed. At the beginning, we talked about like running a business. It's about the personal side too. You are a person. You need breaks. You need to re-energize yourself. So build your team so you can take that time off. I remember one of my first clients when we started working together, that was his goal. He had an anniversary trip coming up a few months down the road. And that's what we worked for. It was what needs to happen between now and then. So he could trust that he could leave the company for a week, take an anniversary trip and have the business still run without him. And it's this whole thing of learning how to trust people with knowing you don't have to give away the keys to your business during that time. Exactly. And like you said, I mean, if, if I'm still checking email, even just to have like an overview, I, I'm not fully like checked out and relaxing. So for me, I need to be like, none of that. I, I don't want to have to do any of that. I want to be completely out of the loop and really be in a different mind space because it is hard to be present. And, and I know everybody deals with this and I do too. Like there are still like times on the weekends and I take every weekend off where unless I'm like speaking or running an event, right? I take every weekend off and there are times where you sit and you're ruminating over like a thing that still didn't get done or that you have to do next week or so, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to be a hundred percent out of your business, but I do think that working towards that and really getting diligent about um, setting up the structure and then having the boundary to just be like, look, I mean, most of us aren't curing cancer. So it's okay to be gone for a week or two or whatever. Right. And, and really check out because I don't feel refreshed if I don't. Yeah. And even curing cancer, when do I, when do most people get their ideas? Not when they're sitting at a desk, like doing all this stuff. It's when they're out walking around in the shower, you still need to take breaks because that's, what's (laughs) going to put you at your best self for when you are working. So exactly that's, yes, that's when creativity strikes, right? Yes. <laughs> Always in the shower. Always. Right. right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. So we talked about team support by bringing in that person who's going to help be that implementer, that person that could be that buffer between you and your team. But let's say you can't bring in that person yet. Um, not necessarily more for like the implementer portion to kind of lay things out for you, but you have a business where Uh, You really need those team members that can help you providing the service to your customers or clients and everything. And you have to bring them in to help grow your business. You can't afford that in-between person yet. You know, so you have to manage your team and you don't want to be that manager, that boss that is driving your team nuts because you're here, you're there, you're everywhere. How can you go and kind of like maybe 
balance who you are. So you're not giving up who you are, but being a good manager for your team when you have to be that first level manager. Right. Yeah. And, you know, to be clear, I've had a business for over 10 years now and it's just been, I'm trying to remember, you know, how like time is so elastic in COVID. I'm like, has she been with me? It's like a year and a half, maybe I'm trying to remember exactly how long, but it's, it'll, I think it's like two years in like November or something like that. But so I, yeah, I have, I had to go a long time where I had people who were like, um, like intake coordinators or people who kind of ran the day-to-day. So more administrative, right. So they weren't helping me with like the bigger picture stuff. So I still was doing all the managing of people. Um, I think, and that's where, yes, it can be very overwhelming if you're like flitting and all over the place for people, because, you know, a lot of people are like, okay, I just want to know like what needs to happen. And then they want that consistency. Cause if you're just constantly changing things, it's going to be a terrible working experience for them. Um, So I think, you know, one is I try to be really honest in the hiring process. Like I tell people, look, I have ADHD. I can be all over the place, but I do take feedback really well. You know, (laughs) like I, I want to hear that. And I think checking in with them and seeing how they're feeling about things or, you know, what's important to them or how do they work. So this is where sometimes doing like testing, you know, there's Uh, like the Colby test or understanding, like, um, I just forgot all of the, like strengths finder. There's all kinds, right? There's all kinds of Mm -hmm. ways that you can, you know, and I being a therapist, like I love the Myers-Briggs, you know, some people I know use the Enneagram or they use, um, what's the other one that, oh, I love like Gretchen Rubin's, the, the, um, the four tendencies, just understanding like what motivates people Because if you just assume everybody's like you and they're go with the flow and they're like, oh, that's cool. I'm being paid. So I'll do whatever. Uh, I don't think that's true. (laughs) And that's how people become upset. Right. So I think it's a little bit of like understanding your team and how they work and what works for them, but being really honest about who you are, because I've had those people where you could tell they were um, a little rigid. (laughs) And I was like, this ain't going to work. Right. I can't have that. I also don't want to be in a place where I feel like I'm being judged by somebody who's on my team because my business is supposed to be my, you know, my happy place. So I, I want it to be a good fit. And so I think hiring, I think in the start is like being really honest and hiring. The other piece is I think like teaching your team members how also to work with you and your particular quirks, like being really transparent about that. So for me, you know, like I would say, oh, okay, I'll do X, Y, and Z. Like I kept taking on things that should have maybe been them, but it was like me trying to be helpful or nice or whatever. And then forgetting to do it, right? Just as soon then I would be back into like business mode or seeing clients or something. And then I totally forget. So then, you know, I've let them down. So figuring out ways that, that you can work and make sure that you're showing up for your team members as much as you expect them to show up for you. Like to me, that's been a, a huge help. Um, and then, yeah, I think it is about like, if you can't hire somebody, I think having that really good friend who understands it, where you can talk about things and they can give you kind of that perspective of like, oh, okay, well maybe you should finish this first, you know, like <laughs> you've, you've right. already started down this path and notoriously, I think a lot of us like to get to a, you know, a solid 60 or 80% before we 
change. Like, ah, let's do something else. Like, uh, you know, let's not finish that project. <laughs> that would be so useful. <laughs> yeah. So there's a few things in there I want to go back and touch on. So obviously one going back to the hiring process. Yes, it is very important that your hiring process helps identify the people who are going to work well with you and in your culture. It's not enough that someone can do the tasks. Yes, that's important. You need to know that if you're hiring them be, be a marketing coordinator, can they actually be a marketing coordinator? Like they need the skills, they need the <laughs> talent, but this person can be amazing as a marketing coordinator. And this person can be amazing as a marketing coordinator. One of them is going to be a nightmare in your culture and company working with you. The other one is going to fit. So how do you identify that? What questions do you ask? One of the things that I always say at first is don't lead the witness. So don't go in and always tell them like, this is what to expect. Now I'm going to ask you questions. And now I told you what to expect. So you're going to answer based on what I just told you. So my <laughs> advice there is you develop the questions to pull out answers from them. And then at the end of the interview or at the end of that section of the interview, you tell them, okay, here's what it's like here. So that way you, you make sure you get truthful stuff from them and not there. And they're not just telling you what they think you want to hear. So that way they get the job. Cause if you really want to find that good match. Absolutely. You know, I love that. Cause actually I probably do lead with like, here's full disclosure. Here's all my crap. <laughs> okay. Now go. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a good point. <laughs> yes. Yes. As I, I would that. say, don't lead the witness to the answer that they, <laughs> that you want to hear. Um, the other thing I would say, oh, this is like when I was hiring this past spring, told the people as I was interviewing, like, yeah, you know, some of the things like you're coming into a business that has never had an employee before. Yes. I've managed elsewhere. You know, I've worked with contractors in this business, but inside this business, it has really only been me, which means there are things where the handoffs are not going to be pretty because I'm probably going to forget to hand things off to you as buttoned up as I try to be. It's just everything's completely new. It's, it's different. I have to change my habits. You know, there's stuff where it's like, everything's been in my head. So I am going to forget to tell you something as we're going through how to work through this process. And I'm going to have to go back and be like, you know what? You did it right for what I said, but I forgot to tell you this. So now it needs to change. And are you like finding out, are you okay with it? Like, this is the environment you're coming into. If you're not okay with things being like not being 100% buttoned up, like this is not the right environment. So okay, kind of like, I, I agree with that. You have to paint that picture of who you are, what type of environment they're coming in, but just don't lead the witness at the beginning of the interview. Save it to the end. <laughs> so that way, when you're really having that conversation, so it's there. The other thing I want to talk about was like the personality test, like all those things. Like I always say, and don't start the process with them. So a lot of, I know a lot of entrepreneurs are like, I want someone to do this personality test. Let's do it right up front. And then we'll weed people out. And I'm like, no, no, no. We don't want to weed people out up front of the process. Have your interview, make your selection, say this person is great. They can do the job and then use that personality test like later in the process to help choose between candidates, help make sure they're going to fit within your culture or learn how you have to work with them as a manager, because you can see how will your personalities blend together. And so just make sure if you're going to use personality tests, you use them right. And don't let biases make it so you eliminate people. Because especially if you're not really trained on them, a lot of people look for themselves in the results oh, exactly. instead of how they would work with this person. 
Yeah. I love that you said that. Cause I agree. I've, I've heard people do that. Like part of the hiring process is to take the test. And I'm like, well, that doesn't even make sense. Why? And I also think it's not respectful of the candidate's time. Like, unless you know that they're, it's a strong chance that you like them. I don't think it's useful. And for me, I've mostly used it either right at the end, if I'm between a couple of people, or I've done it after they've been hired and I pay them for the time to take those tests. Right. Like, yes. cause again, I just, I don't think it's respectful and that's kind of a, it can leave a sour taste in people's mouth as they come in. And I think like employee onboarding is like such a huge piece of that retention. And just like you said, creating a culture and being consistent. And that's the tendency we would go for somebody who's more like us. And we do not want ourselves. Like I absolutely don't want myself because I, like I, I say, you know, if you understand the Myers-Briggs, like I, I, a P is kind of go with the flow and a J ha- is a little more structured, I would say. Like I'm going to, this is an overgeneralization, but I'm going to say it like that. And I remember having an interview with somebody and saying like, I just want to be sure that you can handle all my penis. And then I realized what I said, but, <laughs> but like, I want a J to my P like, I don't need a P although sometimes a good go with the flow person, it is nice. Like in certain roles, like that makes sense. Right. right. But but yeah, I do think, I think, um, I think I don't know many small businesses that, that don't have that, like we're learning as we go and we're iterating and growing and we're figuring out our processes. Like, yeah. So I, I think being upfront with people, like if you've worked in corporate before, this isn't that like, right. It's very different. Yeah. There's a lot more, there's, there's agility because it's not the same. There's not the bureaucracy, but there's also needing people who can, who are comfortable with change at a certain level, right? Yes, exactly. All right. So we talked a lot about, about managing your team, getting that additional support inside your business, getting that support outside your business. So one of the things I love about this conversation is it really goes to show you don't have to be this buttoned up person to be successful in your business. You know, every type of personality can be successful. It's learning what works for you, what you need. Yes. A hundred percent. And that, and that's the thing where I think a lot of people who maybe are, whether they're ADHD ish or they're that visionary, they can feel like, oh, I'm not good enough. Or like, you know, I screwed up or I failed because they do things a little different or everything isn't all buttoned up. As you say, like there's a difference between like, I feel I'm very professional, but I'm very like laid back and down to earth. And so I think those are two different things, right? Like there, you can still be a professional person, but be a very real person. And you have to, I, it would be so much work for me to be the buttoned up person (laughs) all the time. It just won't happen. It's just not going to happen. So yeah, accepting you for yourself and then hiring people who are either like enjoy working with that, who are like, oh my gosh, I love organizing people or keeping people on task. Like this is my dream, you know, Um, finding people like that or finding people who have that compassion and like they, they themselves are, you know, very authentic and real. Like, I think that's helpful. Yes, exactly. All right, Amber, we're coming to the end of our time. So tell everybody how they can get in touch with you and how they can download your freebie again. 
Yes. So, um, yeah, you can head on over to amberholly.com forward slash G Y T for grow your team. And, uh, or you can check me out on the easily distracted entrepreneur podcast. Those are probably the, the best places. So yeah, get that, get that shiny object syndrome download so that you can kind of helps you through the discerning process and figure out like, okay, should I do this? Or am I, and, and I always say, I never tell people, no, you can't do that. Cause that's not my job. Right. But it's about asking some questions where you're like, okay, it's really hard to justify this when I've gone through this process. And sometimes you go through it and you're like, I don't care. I'm still going to do it. (laughs) Then you do you. (laughs) Yes. But at least you have all the information. So, you know, when you're making that decision, you made it because you really want it. And yeah, that's your reason. It's an intentional intentional. decision. Yes. Yes. All right. So my last question that I love to ask all my guests, we've all had leaders or managers that stood out to us. Think of the most impactful leader or manager that you have had and share with us one thing that made them stand out to you. Yeah, this is such a great question. You know, part of me is like, wow, some of the most impactful leaders have done, like they were terrible. So like it made me think about how I would want to be like different from that. So that came into my mind. But when I actually go back and think about it, um, you know, I remember, I remember working at this political consulting firm and I got hired on to do, um, I think it was like marketing operations. So like managing their websites and stuff and, um, all kinds of random, random things that I had to do. And I just remember though, like that was the first place I ever worked where the person who managed me, like, as I came in, there was, there was like a thoughtfulness. It wasn't like I was just thrown into the weeds. Like there was a thoughtfulness on like how my first day went and taking me out to lunch and, you know, really getting to know me as a person and being really caring and showing up for me. And so that one, you know, Rose was her name. She always stands out to me because, and I still do that. Like I'm, on our first day, like we do a little bit of, you know, like the paperwork stuff and the things that we need to do. But then we, well, before, you know, COVID, we would go, we always go out to lunch and as many team members as can join us, join us. And that way there's like this warm welcome and just not this feeling of like, you know, cause I've showed up at places where it's, you don't even have a computer or a phone. No one really talks to you. You're just sitting there awkwardly and hopefully some people introduce themselves to you, you know, that kind of thing. Or they're just like, okay, get, you know, start working. Here you go. Um, I think that that to me was so impactful because it, you know, made me feel cared for and um, yeah, it just made me feel really welcomed. Yes, definitely. I always, I always say like how the first day goes impacts how long that person is going to be with you because if they're sitting around twiddling their thumbs because nothing is ready and you don't seem like you actually cared about them showing up, they're not going to stay around very long. Like the wheels are already turning in their head of, okay, what's next? So yes, I, I love hearing stories like that where people made their employees and team members really feel welcome on day one, a part of the group. And obviously you're, you're living that forward by doing that with your team. Yes. Awesome. It was, it was great. All right, Amber, thank you so much for joining us on the Growing Your Team podcast. Thank you for having me. And that wraps up this episode of the Growing Your Team podcast. Did you enjoy this episode? 
If so, and you have not done so yet, please subscribe to the Growing Your Team podcast so you can stay up to date on all the latest episodes and hear all the greatest tips from our guest experts on how you can grow your team so you can scale your business. And if you haven't done so yet, please consider leaving us a review. I would love to hear what you think of the podcast and your review will help other people decide if this is the right podcast for them. So once again, thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Growing Your Team with your host, Jamie Van Kite. Be sure to subscribe and head on over to growingyourteam.com to connect, access the show notes, and discover more ways to hire and leverage your perfect fit team.